0: IC Church's Favour Women, I'm Marian Wright, and this is Favourite Friends, the podcast that aims to build community by sharing the real-life stories of Christian women. This episode's very special guest is Amber Laidler. Amber is from the Launceston branch of our IC family, and she, along with her husband Matt, leads the kids' ministry down there, and together they do a whole bunch of other stuff for our church Amber is so fun, so authentic, and I loved her for both of those things straight away. We talked about absolutely everything, but what has stayed with me the most about our conversation is about how honest she was, about her journey with insecurity and anxiety and how she walked through it. Her story is so powerful, it's incredibly moving, and I know that there will be many people who will be impacted by her sharing it. Here's Amber. to the couch. Thank you. This is where we have been recording for the last few days. Honestly because I feel like it's a bit more comfortable. Oh, I think it's fabulous that I you do I feel a it. bit more comfortable. That comes across. by my cushions and we well, yeah, you- have nice oh Kmart, Kmart yes. cushions. Really? No way. Yeah. Yeah. But I had a block moment where I was in Kmart and I just found <laughs> a space where I was trying all these cushions out. And Josh was like, What are you doing? And I was like, I'm pretending I'm on the block and yes. I've got a very important couch to, you know, decorate. Well yeah, it's a studio couch
1: now. <laughs> so. Yeah. I did a like I was making the bed before we came away and I didn't found myself doing a karate yeah. chop in my pillow. Because that's what you Like, said hang, hang on, what right? is this? <laughs> like, You've learned from the blog. I'm styling my bedroom.
0: Um I'm very excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. You've been in Brisbane for
1: twenty four hours. Not not even.
0: even. Yeah. And it's raining. It
1: is. Which is a bit of a letdown. Well yeah, but it's warm rain. I love warm rain, that's really cool. But my hair's like doing the fluffy thing. Yeah.
0: Welcome to our life. I, I feel like I'm introducing you to the IC family, but that's not really true because, you know, you've got a campus in Launceston that knows you quite well. (laughs) And so I think I'd like to start by, I guess, just having you tell us a bit about your life at the moment. So you're married um, to Matt. Yes. He's a dish. Yes. (laughs) I don't know if I should be agreeing with that, but I'm very happy that that you think that (laughs) about your husband. I I think my husband's a baby. That's great.
1: (laughs) And I'll make no comment on that. (laughs) You don't need to. Um, But tell me about your kids, what you do with your
0: life. Give us a sense of who you are.
1: Yeah. Oh gosh, that's really tricky. I'll just tell you about what I do. Sure. So yeah, I am married to Matt. We're just about to celebrate our 12th anniversary. Um, which is a big deal. We love – we don't care about birthdays mm. or anything. But our anniversary, darn it, we're going to celebrate.
0: How do you celebrate? We you always do? try
1: and go away. Yeah. Always. So we're really lucky to have family
0: Yeah.
1: Um, who will look after our kids. Yeah. But even if it's just one night, it'd be great if it was more. But yeah. we always – we don't buy each other presents. We go, we away. go away. Yep. And That's have time cool. together. Yeah. And then we have to – or. Sometimes we haven't been able to for whatever reason, so we definitely go out for dinner. And we have fun trying to remember what we did each anniversary. So now we're getting up, like it's going to be 12 that we have to remember what we did. Um, so I can remember the first couple and then we struggle a bit in the middle there, like, what did we do that year? Oh, that's right, we, would, we were moving to Perth that year, so we kind of had it as a road trip. Yeah. So wow, anyway, that's cool. That's that little bit. Uh, I have, we have three amazing kids. Sarah is seven. Uh, Eden is five and Adele is three. And is that three girls? No, no, Eden's a boy. Eden's a boy. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Common mistake. Not when you see him. He's definitely a boy's yeah. boy. But yeah, but the Eden those boy. names, right? Yeah. 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 So it's E-D-A-N, not oh, E-D-E-N. Cool. So yeah, boy cool. Eden. Yeah. Um, yeah. They are the, just the best. Yeah. I mean, they can be little crappers as well. But But sure. um, they're fun and I'm really enjoying them. Um Yeah, just this stage of life is really, really fun, really fun and busy and exhausting, but fun. Um, And yeah, Matt and I are the kids pastors in Launceston. We've been doing that for a couple of years now. And that's also fun and exhausting and fun. Um, And Matt is the campus manager there, so we do a lot of church stuff is our life, um, which has its challenges but is also really great really great Um, and I work a couple of days a week I'm a support nurse for a cancer organization Um, so that is my adult life away from the kids where I get to be an adult again um, and remember how to be an adult which is hard sometimes (laughs) but yeah that's that's me That's cool. my life right now. That's cool.
0: <laughs> I got you to fill out some stuff for me before, did. Yeah, did before I, we recorded. You did a great job. I did it really late at night. So no, I'm, it was all it, good stuff. Good, okay. So I'm going to pull from some of it. Okay. Because I, <laughs> when I read some of it, I was like, oh gosh, I have to ask Amber about this. Oh, what did um, I, I forgot what I wrote. You said that one of the most interesting things about you is your testimony. Yeah. So I want to start there. I want to
1: start... By talking about your testimony. Mm. But I grew up um, in a non-Christian home. Um, I say that, but it looked like a Christian home. My parents are beautiful. Um, they are very moral people. They both come from... Um, my mum's sort of from more of a Catholic background. My dad had a little bit of um, a sort of Anglican kind of background. So there was always a awareness of God. We celebrated Christmas and and Easter... Um, around the Christian traditions, but we didn't go to church and my parents certainly don't have a relationship with God yet, Um, but they will. Um, But I remember just believing and knowing God in my heart from a very, very young age. I have beautiful memories of just praying for things and things happening and just talking to God and and fully believing. I've I've never wavered from that. Um, And so I... Uh, yeah, I sort of questioned it when other people question it. You don't, I didn't go to church until I was 18. Um, but that wasn't really important to me, I guess. Um, yeah, I've sort of been working that out, why it wasn't, lots of different reasons, but I didn't have the opportunity to. Um, obviously, when I was a kid, um, I couldn't drive myself to church. Um, but, you know, God had a purpose in that as well. I can see that. Um, so I haven't grown up in church. But, um, yeah, I was given a Christian education. My parents pulled me out of the school we were going to. They didn't feel like we were receiving a great education and they put us in a Christian school um, because they had people in their life whose kids were there. So I can see God's put people in my life or in my parents' life as well all the time so that we, me and my siblings were... Well, always going to be Christians. There was, there's no way we could have escaped it. Um, so yeah, we went to a Christian school. So I got my Christian upbringing from my Christian teachers. I wouldn't say that the education was great there. It was like, um, I shouldn't say what my school was. Um, but I made beautiful Christian friends there. And the Christian teachers I know were praying um, for us. And so my, my brother um, didn't become a Christian until he was an adult. He sort of didn't like um, I think he he was a bit older than me and he felt like there were Christian kids at our school, but they weren't really Christians and, and that sort of turned him off um, Christianity. But as an adult, he gave his life to the Lord and my sister, probably similar to me. Um, so we we're all Christians and, yeah, mum and dad next. Um, What's your earliest memory of a God encounter <laughs> or a moment with the Holy Spirit? Um it seems really silly, but <laughs> we used to have this massive big box of Lego, huge. And I don't know how old I was, I, I don't know. But it's it's a moment that has really stuck with me. Um, and you'd be looking for a particular piece and it was this big wooden box and it would make huge noise when you'd rattle the pieces around. I'm talking a lot of Lego. And, you know, you'd want this one piece, this particular piece, and you could never, ever find it. And my brother and I would stop and we would pray, like, dear Lord, we you really want to find a 4 by one in blue, you'd find it straight away, instantly. And, you know, this wasn't just once. We'd do this all the time. I can see I've got this picture of myself. I'm looking down at my brother and I at this box and we would just pray for these pieces. And every single time without fail, we would find the piece. Like
0: it's and it's silly. No, it's, so it's silly. But I remember moments like that in my own life. Yeah, where I, I lost some keys. Yeah, um, and I knew I'd be in trouble with <laughs> mom and dad. And I just remember praying, and I found them. And you know, I'm sure there's a way to rationalize it, but I I remember being seven, you know, and yeah. being so afraid. And then Aww. saying, "God, please, like,
1: please <laughs> yes. help me find these." Keys. Uh, that was me oh, last was, week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had literally lost my keys for a yeah. week, yeah. <laughs> and I was wow. like, "Okay, God, <laughs> I need my keys." Yeah. See, it transfers. It yeah, goes it from does. And adulthood. that, but I think that's it. Like, yeah. God proved Himself so trustworthy to me in in something so little and yeah. insignificant to me as an adult, but to as a ch- to me as a child, that was really important, and that has stuck with me. And like that's big stuff like it seems so little and silly but that's the start of trusting and learning and knowing that God is going to come through straight away like straight away he'd hear not necessarily come straight away with what your answer um yeah yeah he's he's proved himself so faithful to me
0: later remind me to tell you about the story of losing my phone in India and getting it back (laughs) because (laughs) I remember lying in bed that night and God was like Marion if you ever doubted that I listen to you when you pray. Oh wow. Let tonight be. Yeah. And I was like, Yeah, okay, okay, cool. All right. Sorry. Jesus. I will remind
1: you. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear that. Yes. <laughs> um, so what so you went to a church at eighteen? Yeah, when I moved out of home is yeah. when I started going to church. So, so you took
0: yourself to church?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wow. really excited about moving out of home. I had to move cities um, to go to university. Sure. And So you moved I, from Hobart? From Hobart to Launceston right. for uni, Yeah. Right. Um, where I was going to study architecture. Yeah. And for me it was like I, – I think part of when I was – certainly when I was able to drive, I didn't go to church because I didn't want to um, – upset my parents and that sounds really funny to say out loud now because it was so ridiculous. They wouldn't have cared so much. Um, I have said things little things along the way but um, I think I was really fearful um, but also by the same token um, I I did sort of have a church so my friend when I was in high school, her parents were missionaries and they'd come from the states. And um, her dad was a counsellor, a Christian counsellor. And so they were doing some work in Hobart. And, and they were going to do a missions trip to Thailand. And my friend, I think more out of politeness, said, did you want to come along? And I'm like, yes, I'm there. I'm coming. And was, I don't think she was ready for that. And But, yeah, so she invited me along to be part of this team. And I jumped at the chance. So I would have been about 16, I think. And so we had regular meetings in her home. Um, with a group that were going to Thailand and that was my first experience of church apart from a few like if I would had a sleepover as a kid um, I'd go to someone's church or something but this was a church in their lounge room we prayed together we worshiped together we did heaps of preparation before we went on this trip and yeah that was my first experience of church and it was beautiful and I love that and so yeah that kind of was a great introduction to what church to, should be um Yeah, because it was just a group of people who loved God, who had a a common purpose and we ate together and, yeah, it was cool. I think about that now I'm like, thank you God that that was my first church experience because it didn't have any of the politics and other bits and pieces. It was Mm. very casual but, yeah, like being in the upper room. Like (laughs) we prayed and God moved and got words and it was amazing, yeah. And so you went from that
0: to another church? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so, yeah. tell me, um, tell I me
1: about your that. <laughs> yeah, so when I moved out of home, um, my friend had friends who went to a particular church yeah. in Launceston. And there were a couple of us from my year group who had to move to Launceston for various courses. So, um, yeah, my friend Tim just took me along to this particular church. And I loved it. I it was fine. I finally felt free out from under my parents' home. Um, yeah, to be who I was meant to be and go to church. And um yeah, and that's, I met Matt um not at that church. He was at that church. I never saw him at that church because he was a naughty boy. Um, but that's where I met Matt. So, and yeah, that's, I've been in church ever since. And yeah. Tell me
0: about what that freedom actually looked like for you. So you said yeah. that you loved it, you felt free to be yourself. Tell me, like, what that actually felt like for you.
1: It was exciting, and and I felt like I wasn't pretending or hiding my faith. Uh, I I think I thought, I think I thought that was clever of me. Um, I think I thought I would, had to um, respect my parents, which which I do absolutely. And I thought by going to church was disrespecting them when I lived under their roof which as I I look back and go it wasn't necessarily true but at the same time God's shown me that that my faith is so much more than church Um, and so that was my time to then um, yeah go to church I never hid it from them that I went to church uh, but yeah Look, we're so excited that you listen to Favorite Friends, but you know what? We have many more exciting things attached to our favorite brand. And one of them is you can actually head to our store, uh, which is a place you can find all our gorgeous favorite things. And if you head to icchurch.com, you'll find our store right there. We have candles, we have t shirts, we have a tote bag, but we also have our favorite magazine. New editions coming out every March and October, so make sure you head to the store and see what. What we've got available
0: So you kind of met Matt?
1: <laughs> yeah. the, is yeah. that right? Yeah. yeah. So I met Matt in the pub um at a f- mutual friend's birthday. Yeah. And um yeah, you're a bit young so you might not met, Um Avril Lavigne song skater boy? I love Avril Lavigne. <laughs> of course I do. Avril Lavigne skater boy. He was a skater boy? He said, see That's you it. later. <laughs> no, it was not that beers might He wasn't good enough for her. <laughs> So we joke about it. He was the skater boy and I was the snob. So funny. which is so true. She's back, you know. Ava Levine. Yeah. I saw what in a nursing um, home. <laughs> no,
0: it's just
1: like released a song. Serious? I'm not I'm not joking. She has. yeah. Oh my goodness. Is she still angry and kinda Um well I didn't listen to it. Yeah.
0: But I just saw it online. Like uh, Ava Levine,
1: you know. So Count my <laughs> So my anyway. like teenage years anyway. that
0: Oh, girl, the angst, heavy like, eyeliner yes. and the yeah yeah I, I never remember. did the heavy
1: eyeliner because I would just I'm so uncoordinated put myself yeah. in the eye. It but feels like a lot of work. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's uh, I I shouldn't say that's our song because I think in the end it's actually really sad. Um, but the the chorus is us. So yeah. yeah. But we were actually um, I was in a relationship with someone else. He was in a relationship with someone else. But I have this um, amazing memory of him skateboard in hand coming with another friend of mine, introduced to him, whatever. I didn't think anything of him. He didn't think anything of me other than I was a snob. And I was like, yeah, he's a skater boy. I'm like, his pants are too low. And that's all I remember from our first meeting. And you've got, I think it would be so hilarious if someone said to me, that's your husband. I are like, oh, <laughs> hell no. <laughs> no. But um, he, the next time I met him, he turned up at my birthday with the same friend. Um, so he wasn't invited. Uh, still didn't know who he was. And I, back in the day, we didn't have phones. We had actual cameras that you had to take the film to the chemist to develop. And I took my f- camera film to the chemist to be developed from my amazing birthday party. And I have these photos. I probably shouldn't say this. Poor Matt. Sorry, mate. Um, these photos of this guy and my friend at the urinal, like pictures taken from behind. Ah. Yeah. Gross. Ah. Totally Gross. And so my opinion of Matt was even more like, no, they, like he couldn't. So they were just standing yeah, but there like, but they'd taken my camera, photo into it? the guy's yeah, toilet. exactly yeah. this strange guy so yeah, right. yeah you you're feeling me here
0: yeah right. totally um, <laughs> i'm so I'm like, but me. if you had control of what was on your i mean this <laughs> morning at church we took amanda's camera and put a few photos <laughs> yeah. Like, on yeah oh for that's her. But so she funny them. yeah exactly
1: but i had to you take them to the you chemist you wouldn't have known i know oh, how embarrassing yes, yeah right exactly so i get these back You're like, oh who is this guy um <laughs> and we ended up um playing out there was a oh, there still is a christian basketball league in launceston their own league it's called uh, the baptist league yeah really? it's oh, it's like quality the only the if, if i tell you the best of the best players in there will you think more of me well sure <laughs> yeah. but i wouldn't have you a clue to, like you know, all the launceston people would know like yeah i know. Anyway, it's cool. So we played, our church had a basketball team. Sure. And so Matt was um, on the guys' team, I was on the girls' team. And so we had to spend time together. And we got made the president and treasurer of this club. So we, yeah, we were forced to spend time together. And he, he, I didn't know it at the time, but he lived only a couple of doors up from me um, in my little flat that I lived in. When I was at uni and so we would carpool because it just made sense. So we ended up spending heaps of time together playing basketball and um, doing club stuff and we just developed this really great relationship and a friendship, not relationship, steady on Emma. Um, so in the consequence of that, um, he... Broke up with his girlfriend, I broke up with my boyfriend, not to do with each other, just that was the way of it. And I was determined that I was done with boys um, and that the next person that I um, spent time with, like, spent time with, and honey, dating. Yes, yeah. whatever. Yeah, I, agree um, with me. But I wasn't going to go out with anyone until yeah. it was, it was going to be my husband. Yeah. Um, so but Matt and I were just friends for a couple of years, um, which was great. Uh, He was my best friend. We just developed such a great, fun friendship. Although when we would meet together in groups, we wouldn't even talk to each other. So we'd spend a lot of time alone together just because we were sharing rides and whatever, and and we'd hang out together. Just And it was so innocent and so lovely. I think about that now, like spending alone time together. Oh, my goodness, are you serious? Like, no, we just talked. It was so cool. Um, but that conversation is so powerful. Yeah. Though, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I just, I'm so thankful we had that because it's been such a great um, platform for our marriage. We had such a good friendship. We knew each other really, really well when we got married. Um, but we'd just check in from time to time. Matt yes. <laughs> would say, Right, so what's happening here? We're great friends. We're really good friends. Like, okay, a few more months will go by. What's happening here? Yep, we're good friends. Great friends. Aren't we great friends? Went there, a little bit more time passed. Yep, good friends. And I brought a lot of hurts and um, other bits and pieces from my last relationship, and so I was very closed off to anything particularly deep. And and Matt was not, um, what I imagined my husband would look like. Not physically. I think um, that's so real for so many women, though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I was very. Driven, knew exactly what I wanted. I had planned out my whole life and that hadn't planned, turned out to be Matt. Um, and I, I love him to pieces and he knows all this, but he didn't know what he was doing with his life. Um, he didn't have a life, We well, did have a license, but he didn't really drive when we first met. And I just thought that was ridiculous. Why wouldn't you want to be able to drive yourself wherever you want to go? Um, he just Kind of had a little part-time job. He skated everywhere. Um, yeah, he didn't want to go to university. That shocked me. Like, you, you should you know get a degree. Like, come on. Um, so for me, there was always this hesitation around anything further with him because he just wasn't going anywhere. That sounds so awful, and it just confirms I was an absolute snob. Um, but when yeah, I was so driven and i had these plans and i could not see how he would fit into yeah, that
0: you were just in two very different places absolutely but life. to be I honest that. i didn't
1: know that i absolutely loved him <laughs> like but i did um but yeah and oh, there's something else i was gonna say then i forgot my trans all there nah, it has gone
0: um so you were friends for a while like yeah, how like long th- would you say
1: three or four years so yeah. what changed
0: what happened
1: Um, God was doing stuff in both of us. That was the other thing I was going to say, was that for me, because I hadn't had um, strong Christian males in my life pretty much, I really wanted a husband who was really on fire for God and would be someone that I was willing to follow wherever. Um, And Matt was not in that place with God. Certainly when I met him, that's why I said I didn't meet him at church. I didn't even know he was at our church. Um, But he started coming back to church um and so even though we were yeah really great friends I didn't see that fire in him and I really that was that was probably my one you know you have your list of things that you want in a husband um whether you've written them down or not um you've yelled them at God (laughs) exactly but number one was just a husband who was on fire for God because that was yeah, yeah just I didn't want to settle for anything. The other 50,000 things on my list were, like, negotiable. But the number one was someone who would lead me um, spiritually. And, um, yeah, he wasn't at that point. And, and that was hard to, like, when you'd say, where are we, what are we doing here? And to be able to say, well, you're not loving God enough. I can't see it enough. In-. How do you say that to someone? Like, that is the one sticking point for me. And you, he was unemployed, <laughs> so to me that was like you don't even have a job but that's what I love about him so much is that that was a, an opportunity then for him to serve That's is when he started stepping up and it was an opportunity for him to start serving in his church so we were living in Hobart at this point he had to finish his TAFE in Hobart when I had to finish my course in Hobart what a coincidence um so we went to two different churches when we moved back to Hobart and and that time when he was unemployed, so while I was going, you're unemployed, like really? He served the church and I just watched him go exponentially. Like he had always loved God, always, even though he had spent some time away um, from church, that never left him and I got to see it and see his love for the church grow. And that's sort I like, oh, holy dooly, I'm in trouble. <laughs> um, yeah. But so so, so
0: did you wait to start dating until he was in that place?
1: um, Yes, but we weren't purposefully – well, I wasn't because he still wasn't right for me Mm. um, as far as I was concerned, And I was really fearful. I had two serious relationships and I didn't want to do that. Again, even though marriage was a huge desire of my heart, I did not want to waste any time and I didn't want to invest in something that could potentially hurt me again. It's so stupid. Um, that's not stupid. That's <laughs> real though, Oh right? Yeah.
0: Fear is real for yeah, people. Yeah, fear is very real. And that's that. Like, yeah.
1: that had been p- part of yeah. my life from very early on. So yeah. I always help people at arm's yeah. length for sure. Um, and so it was this one time that Matt, approached me I can see it so clearly and he said to me right I can't do this anymore I can't be your friend unless we're like gonna become girlfriend and boyfriend I didn't say it like that he had a great way of saying it um but yeah I can't do this anymore like we're either together or not and I have to walk away and I just remember thinking I've lost my best friend I just cried Went home and I, I can't even remember what I said to him. But it was definitely not, yeah, let's go for it. It was like, nah, I've lost my best friend. Like, he's gone. Like, and so it was only for my, well, it wasn't only for my best friend, but she kind of slapped me in the face, not literally, and just said, how would you feel if you saw him get married to someone else? And I went, oh, I would hate her. <laughs> no. I went, oh oh man okay yep so we started going out but I had planned to go overseas I had everything booked um within a like a month of that conversation and so yeah we got together and then I went on a world trip that I was actually not going to come back from I was going to stay away I was going to find a job overseas I was just gonna um I didn't realize that I was probably running away from him um Yeah, but he was the thing that actually brought me back. So I ended up being away for about four and a half months, and yeah, we got engaged, and I got back.
0: That's pretty quick. Is that quick? Is that a quick engagement? Nah, nah,
1: nah. How long did you date for? Well, we didn't date. We were like, we didn't. Right. I don't think. Do you know what we we still don't date? I actually don't like that term. Do you? No, I don't.
0: Tell me why. I don't know.
1: Um. Do you think it represents
0: something wrong?
1: Oh, no. No, no, no. It's just yeah. not It's just not me and it's not yeah. us. We do yeah. life together. Like, we don't go on date nights or anything like that. Hear this out. I don't want to put anyone down who does do yeah. date nights. Like, we just do life. So we would have, like, what people might term dates, I guess, and go out for coffee or do something at home, go out for a meal, go away on it. But that's just us being, being us. Yeah. Just, oh, oh that makes make sense, sense. Yeah. Like, I don't want to turn it into like yeah. like so we didn't it was really awkward going from being best friends to suddenly okay we're more than best friends so yeah what do we do now yeah <laughs> like, how does this look different it actually yeah. didn't look much different because yeah. we actually already were and people were like oh finally yeah. um but yeah we and we're yeah. still the same now. We're still yeah. best friends. Like we just that's really beautiful. hang out. It is, yeah. and I don't take that for granted. I know yeah. that's not everyone's yeah. case. I'm really thankful. Like I think about it now, we could have, um, we could have got together way earlier if I would just swallowed my pride and and allowed or hadn't allowed fear to cloud my mm. sight of him. But at the same time, God had to do stuff in me. I had to get rid of hurt, and I had to get rid of that fear I was so afraid of letting someone in that close because I knew that that if we were going to get together we were getting married so yeah that was really scary but I had to deal with that but also God had to um yeah do a work in me get me to a point where because I had said to Matt um at one of these check-ins like where are we at I'm like I just read this amazing book um I can't even remember what it was about, but it, it challenged you to set aside a year. Um, and God showed me. so. And it was in that year that Matt really just stepped up for God too. So, yeah. What did God do in you that year? Got rid of a lot of my doubts and fears. And um, so I have a really long story of insecurity, big time insecurities. Um, and so I just learnt to seek God for who he is. But also, um, I know Nikki talked about it in hers, getting a revelation for God's love for me. Um, and I didn't get it in that time, but um, I've really struggled. And I please don't hear me blaming my parents, but I'm a words of affirmation person. Reading the love languages was really revolutionary for me because I realised... Oh, my parents do love me. They're acts of service people, both of them, hugely. My goodness, they love me. They never told me and that they love me. Um, So I have always believed that God didn't love me either. I knew it in my head but not in my heart. That I had to strive for him to be proud of me and strive for him to, um, yeah, to love me, that, it was all about what I did um, and I had a lot of guilt around not going to church um, when I was younger um, because I wasn't good enough. Um, and, yeah, so I can't remember where I was going with that.
0: <laughs> what was God doing in you that oh, year? Yeah, yeah, so and a so lot of unpacking yeah. a lot of
1: that stuff that, yeah. um, and that it was actually okay to let someone into that place for sure. Yeah.
0: What were you most afraid of? You said you were worried about someone getting too close. What was the fear?
1: Um, Again, back to my insecurities, I think f- him finding out that who I really was and not being good enough for him. So while I was projecting this, he's not good enough for me, was actually not what I was really feeling. My mm. actual feelings were he'll work out I'm not good enough for him. I'm not, oh, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. <laughs> Do you need a minute? No. no, sure. no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's so real. I think
0: I went through the, the exact same thing because when you were saying that Matt gave you an ultimatum, Josh gave me one too. Really? Yeah, we, oh. I stuffed around. I was afraid. Yeah. And I, I was like – and so the day that he rang me and said – you're obviously not interested you've told me numerous times that you're not my feelings for you haven't changed wow. um i don't think we should see each other anymore mm. at least not alone did the nice guy, oh, honourable, that is amazing. good Christian yeah. man. Like yeah. he was absolutely looking out for me and yeah. my heart and his heart. Yeah. And I said, yeah, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. Yeah. And I hung up the phone and I was <gasps> in my car and I cried for 20 minutes <laughs> yes. because I was hopelessly in love with him. Yes. But way too afraid yeah. as well.
1: And, you know, you, yeah. you look back at it and go, what an idiot. Like you just couldn't say – but – it's where you are in that moment it's absolutely where you're in the moment. and i thank god like for men like our husbands who would wait for us because so many men wouldn't like honestly
0: i know the day i called him and he'd said he wasn't going to hang out with me anymore and then when i rang him and said hey would you like to get a coffee and he was like <laughs> yeah sure when
1: and i was like oh
0: thank you god <laughs> he hasn't he hasn't gone too far you yeah know, yeah i, think oh, I still so thank gracious. god for yeah. a man
1: who is willing to wait for you like you can buy a girl anything whatever but if you're willing to put your life on hold and the, your desires on hold for a person that's not giving you much back when that's amazing
0: i know and he persisted
1: yeah. and i think that there's yeah. also
0: something in that that
1: You know, God's even just recently when I was thinking about it, and God was like, "That's my love for you." Like that's beautiful. I'm not. God is so amazing that He won't just force Himself on you. He goes, "I'm willing to wait for eternity for you." Like, um, I'm still here. You can push me away, or you can be fearful of me, but no, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Mm. Yeah, I
0: God told me. He said, Josh, will be an extension of my love oh, for you. Wow. And yeah. I was like, mm.
1: and <laughs> Like even then, you know, yeah.
0: in your human moment, you're like, yeah, but God, mm. you know, you can still justify your head into any space or uh, out of any space, you know, yes. you can still. Yeah. And I, like it's been far from perfect. Yeah. But it's, yeah, every day I'm like. This is this is the confirmation yeah. of God's love for me. Yeah. I know. Yeah, that Josh is because God loves me. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, and that's a beautiful. But I I so remember that fear. Yeah, but that. Yeah. I think you'd be amazed at how many women are so afraid of oh being that vulnerable and absolutely. taking
1: the lead and saying yeah. That
0: what, what if you don't like what you see? Yeah, there?
1: yeah. You are because someone had said to me. Um, or not at that time, just before I got married. And it was so true. He said, when you get married, you will learn the best things about yourself and you will learn the worst things about yourself. like, oh, I'm really willing to learn the best things about myself. I'm okay with that. But you do. You also learn the worst things about yourself. And that's what makes marriage so incredible because um, you actually love each other, not just despite those things. You actually love those things about each other because they make you human and real and they're the things that you see god working on together and yeah it's incredible yeah but but the very thing you're afraid of yeah afraid of you seeing me at my worst and i'm very afraid of you seeing my vulnerable side and and having to tell you the things that i've done in the past and not knowing what your response is going to be to that but they actually end up being strengths for you together
0: If you're, if you're happy to, I'd love to talk to you a little bit about your journey with anxiety yeah. and insecurity. Yeah. It's a big part of your story. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. And, and so, to be honest, it, it probably still is. Yeah. yeah. On a different level, yeah. yeah.
0: So tell me where the, I guess, that insecurity started for you.
1: Um, yeah, I ask God a lot about this because I want to know where it comes from. Um, and there is definitely a generational element to it. Um, that stops with me. Uh, I'm very outspoken over what is passed on to my kids. It, my kids are not going to experience um, the anxiety and fear that I have. So that's declared over them quite constantly. Um, yes, yeah, so I can see it generation generationally very much. But um, the little things that happen along the way, um, when I was a kid, just uh, where I've agreed with a lie, um, and just not not massive things like just little, just incrementally believed with that, agreed with that, and um, and not knowing how to counter that either. Um, yeah, kind of snowballs. Um, so my internal dialogue from very young has been very negative. In fact. At times, really vile, like my self-talk to myself, and and I appreciate that that probably comes from that need to f- for affirmation. Um, but yeah, I certainly wouldn't give myself affirmation. So I was real surprised when I read the book on your love languages, and I'm like, oh yeah, I don't, I don't need words. Like, like actually, you do, and you've been giving yourself the worst words. Um, yeah, which really showed me that I really struggled to love myself and love who I was. So I was not only was I striving to please God, I was striving to please myself uh, at the same time. So I'd, yeah, I'd get anxious and fearful over all kinds of things and just perpetuate like, um, yeah. But the the worst thing has been my self consciousness and my self talk has been a huge battle over years, huge.
0: When when you say you battled it, what did that look like in reality for you? Well, no
1: one would know. Yeah, no one would know. I'm really good at putting on a on a mask.
0: Yeah, you wrote that you come across as someone who's quite confident. Yeah, you're really driven. Yeah, you're an adrenaline junkie. Yeah,
1: so a lot of that yeah. So for someone to go, you're sense. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would. That comes across. I, and you know, I'd read my reports from when I was a kid, and it was yeah. like, oh, Amber is so confident, and, and she's so diligent, and all these things and that well, yeah, I was, but I worked down hard to to push put that persona out there wow. I would be striving my butt off to to be the best to um yeah, achieve and to be the nicest person possible and, and while at the same time I'm like you're an idiot you're like you are so like you don't even deserve friends and like just this con const I mean constant barrage of self-talk like I'm sitting at my desk doing my homework. It's like if you don't like, if you don't do really well, like you're a failure. And like, oh, I would never speak like that to anyone. Yet, I had this horrible passion of doing that. And I and I say it's still a struggle because it still comes up. And I and I know it's lies. Now I see it for what it is, and that's the beauty of of seeing where God's taken you and experience and I can see it for what it is now. Joe talks about that supernatural sight. It's like, I see you for what you really are. You're a lie. You are not true. You don't belong here. Like. And so to start reversing that by declaring who God is, who God says I am.
0: I have a really good friend of mine who when I, you know, and she obviously, she's quite close. So when I say to her, Oh, I feel this, or I feel that I'm not good enough. Mm. She will just look at me and say, Who told you that? Yeah, and even that question really takes me back because I'm like, Yeah, oh, I don't think anyone, yes, think that's anyone right, no one has said, said that, that to me. exactly. And then she says, Yeah, so that's a lie, yeah, and so we need to call it what oh, it is, Oh, yes. and then we reject it. And yeah. I was like, Oh, like, even just so now. You know, I heard Josh say something the other day, and I said, "Who who said that to you? Yeah. Who told you that?" Yeah. And he was like, "No one." Wow, well, wow. Okay, yeah. yeah, right. No, okay. We're not dealing with that yeah, yeah. anymore. Yeah,
1: yeah, But see, that's that's so cool that you could even say that to someone. Though I've it's been you know thirty plus years before I could actually say, "This is what's going on in my head."
0: Yeah,
1: I'm really good at presenting the happy, confident Amber, which I am. I know that is actually who I am. But without the stuff going on in my head saying, No you're not. And and um, I don't like to give the devil credit <laughs> at all, but I know that's the way he works. He's you know, he's like a lion. He prowls around wanting to steal, kill and destroy. And from the inside he was dumb or having a good go at me. But no, like, not anymore. I see you for what you really
0: are. You said at times the anxiety was crippling. Yeah. How so?
1: Um I remember this very distinct time when it was so physical. I was – I don't know if I was pregnant or not. I don't think I was. Um, So I was working at the children's hospital and, um, yeah, I was just walking through this. I don't know why and I don't know what prompted it, but there's so much fear and anxiety going on. And I would come home from work and I would be convinced that I had overdosed a child or I had – given the wrong child the wrong chemotherapy or like and I would be I'd be at work and I'd be triple checking you you have to double check with someone everything that you're giving a kid and but I'd be like no you didn't check it properly you and so I was I was just stressed absolutely stressed I couldn't sleep and I would have to ring the ward, like I'd finish an, a, a late shift and I'd be back on in the next morning, and I'd have to ring in the middle of the night because I couldn't sleep, and I'd be I'd make up an excuse like, "Oh, did I sign for this particular drug for this child just so I knew that that child was still alive?" Because I had totally convinced myself that I had overdosed them and that they they were dead. <laughs> um, and this one particular night, I was so anxious, I. I physically it felt like someone had their hands around my chest and I could not breathe it was like you you've killed a child you've absolutely killed a child and it was just yeah so crippling um and I wanted I didn't want to go to work I just wanted to start my, my instant reaction in that kind of thing is just to shrink away and hide I don't want to be here I don't want to do this I don't want to be responsible for people's lives um yeah but no one at work would have known and Matt knew because he was praying for me. So I'm sitting up in bed and all night, so I, I actually couldn't speak. I could not breathe. It was so physical. Was so frightening. Um, yeah, so that was probably the worst. So I'm having yeah, many times where I have just run away and hit because I shouldn't be doing that.
0: Yeah. What was that like for your marriage?
1: Um. God has gifted me. Oh, I'm very emotional. <laughs> Tissue time. There's couple in here. <laughs> I, have these I in here. knew I was going <laughs> to. Do you know, before I had kids, I was such a tough nut. I wouldn't, like, I would not cry. You know, I'd watch movies and I'd laugh I at my friends. You. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> During labor, my tear ducts broke, my snot <laughs> glands broke. Just, if, I'll do a th- snot button and just blow my nose for a second
0: um <laughs> i think india broke me i was i'm not a crier ah, and i would just stand in the room and just weep and yeah. josh was like what's
1: happening i think it's testament to what god's doing in me because i was such a i, I prided myself on being a tough nut Same. Like, i totally pride myself on the fact that i wouldn't Same. cry like yeah you're, you're and which was for the time you know working with People who were dying and, and kids who were dying, and I could be strong and resilient. And you know, I have my times so where I'd go home and have a little cry, but whatever. Like, I was tough, strong, blah, blah, blah. No, God has exposed me for who I really am, and I'm a crier.
0: <laughs> and that's a strength. Oh, I maintain yeah, that your yeah. vulnerability can be a strength. So, yeah, these. That's beautiful. Tears. No, it is. Yeah, it's it annoying.
1: Is now I sound ridiculous. No, nasally. You're fine. Did you um, listen to you the podcast fa- I did with a cold? <laughs> like you're fine. Oh, I didn't even if you hadn't have said you had a cold star, I wouldn't have been noticed. <laughs> it sounds um, so awful. <laughs> yeah, no, the answer to that question is God gifted me with a man who was incredibly equipped to um, to hold me in those times. That's beautiful. And not um, not judge me.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was it hard to let him in into how real and how honest that fear was for you? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not like you can really run away and hide it, right? Yeah. No,
1: that's exactly what I was afraid about. Yeah, yeah you're right. That's exactly what I was afraid about. I came right there. He would see the inside. Yeah. yeah yeah and
0: isn't that love though like for love to stare into the face of something like that and go I'm not gonna judge you nor am I gonna hold you to it like I'm just gonna love you anyway yeah that's powerful yeah what was your turning point was there a turning point
1: yeah that that moment um when I couldn't breathe when it was so physical when I couldn't um I couldn't hide it inside. I think that was a real breaking point. Like, um, it probably showed me how, how serious it actually was. And, oh, man, stop. Um, because I was, I can't, yeah, I can't remember if I was pregnant or not at the time, but um, realizing that that's the very opposite of what you want for your kids.
0: Did you already have a kid? No. No, no. this was before
1: kids. Yeah. Yeah. like To think if that was my child and that's how they thought about themselves.
0: (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Don't apologise. If you need a sec, we can take a sec. That's totally
1: cool. I was gonna cry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, I, um, that's the beauty of, of being this side of that really difficult stuff is because yeah. I can be 100% who I am. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'm
1: not crying because it doesn't hurt me anymore. Yeah. Like, I'm crying because I can't believe I lived like that. How many years? Like, well, how old were you then when that was happening? Uh, 30. 30 years wow. yeah 30 years of of not I said I've I never doubted who God was and I never doubted <clears throat> that I loved him I had 30 years of, of doubting that he could possibly see me or love me it's mm. a long time Yeah, Um, and I had a really great – we had a great church in Perth and, um, yeah, just had some incredible – God has always placed, particularly females, um, amazing females, strong Christian women in my life at times when I've needed them for exactly what I've needed. And um, Yeah, just received prayer from our um, senior pastor. She's just such a beautiful woman and – yeah just I think that physical moment was needed to happen for me to see what was really going on and see that I had power and control over it that that i uh, it was time to stop agreeing with lies and letting the devil get a foothold in those areas, yeah yeah so um yeah a lot of prayer and yeah. And it's and it still comes up at times. And I'm now able to go, no, that's that's not me. What did you have to
0: change? Did you change the way you saw God? Did you, yeah, change that? Absolutely, begin to change the way you saw yourself and the way you spoke to yourself. And
1: uh, it's an ongoing thing, I think. Um, it's actually just laying myself bare before God, being vulnerable before God. And, yeah, that that was the time when I really understood that God did see me. And I had a lot of people, um, when they would pray for me, would use those words, God sees you. Mm. Um, yeah, that's been really huge. Um, and to just, yeah just to give it to God, not try and struggle with it on my own, thinking that um, that I wasn't good, like God would only accept me if I wasn't dealing with stuff. Yeah. And the, and the guilt around, I mean, there's still a tendency even now as I'm speaking about this, the guilt around like, what is the big deal, Amber? Like you haven't lost a child or you haven't been through really hard hardships. Like, you've had a really good and easy life, and I have. But on the inside, it's been a battlefield. And, yeah, there's guilt around that. Like, oh my goodness. Like, you haven't struggled on so the you, outside. So
0: you feel guilty yeah, there for is. even being in this place? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but I know that's... um. And I know why I'm doing this today, Um, is because (sighs) oh, there's so many people who do, and they just don't talk about it because it's you again believe another lie that it's not. It's just something you shouldn't.
0: Why do you struggle with that? That's ridiculous. Do you remember the first moment where you could ask for help, like from another person?
1: Um, I actually think it was Matt. I think it was just in our times of, of, just when stuff would come up and he'd see, see me, and without me even having to say, and then just being able to go, blah, to him. Uh, yeah, he's he was probably the first person I could go to. Um, because he ha- I had to. I had to let him in. I had to show him that. Yeah.
0: And then reaching out to... You were talking about how there has just been women in the church. Has God brought them? Have you reached out? Has it been a mixture of both?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, a real mixture of both. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. When when you talk about the fact that you know it's generational Mm -hmm. in your life, you've seen it in your family life... How do you even begin to break this over your future, over yourself and your kids?
1: Yeah, that's a real declaration. And, um, I mean, I know I've been gifted with faith and I really believe it in my spirit that uh, God made me strong enough to stop it, like that this is the full stop here. Um, And it just means I can recognise little things um, in my kids at times, particularly my eldest, um, because she is a lot like me and I can be straight in there speaking words upon her. um, and, And I want to develop a relationship with her that I don't have with my mum that we talk so that I know what she's battling with, not just doing it on my own. Yeah, I used to think that was a real badge of honour too that I was so independent I could just deal with stuff on my own I didn't want to bother people with stuff. Like, I can deal with this. It's okay. Like, I know it's there. Um, I'm I'm big, I'm strong, I've got this.
0: Yeah. I used to say to Josh, it's my issue. Yeah. Like, it's no one else's issue. Yeah. So it's my job to cope with it. Yeah. And to figure it out.
1: Yeah, another lie, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Yeah totally yeah and to yeah. to not trust them and show them that trust that actually mm, they want to be a part of your issues mm. as well as your well and i always yeah.
0: thought the voice in my head was always don't burden someone else
1: yeah, yeah. oh yes yeah
0: like you don't want to dump that on someone else yeah yeah this is your thing to carry yeah. it's my thing yeah i'll work through it wise we're yeah. made for community yeah. so true yeah um there are so many women who have been in this place.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I see it more and more and more. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The negative self-talk. I mean, I've yeah. worked with teenage girls who yeah. didn't even realise it was a thing for them until we talk about it and then they go, oh, my gosh, yeah, I, yes. look in, I look in the mirror and I say that to myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've got a real heart for girls growing up in this day and age because not only do you have a mirror on your wall at home, you now carry a phone – around with you everywhere where you have a mirror and it's not just a mirror that you look at it's a mirror that goes out to everyone um, yeah that I just my, I'm praying over this generation over my girls particularly and my son as well I'm not it's not just a, a female thing but um, yeah absolutely if we can't so and that's that's again why I just love kids because if we can, you know, so into them that God really does love them. Not that, like, God loves you. It's that God actually, you know, he loves you, every little part of you, the lying part of you. He doesn't love the lying, but he loves you. Like, he loves you when you do this. He loves you when you do this. He doesn't like the behaviours, but he loves you, every part of you. And I've really seen that as, like, having kids, just how much I adore them and they can be so naughty and they can back chat but I love them like they they get me teary and snotty goodness me um but you know that is God's love and if if we can get that into kids that understanding that real understanding of who they are their identity really early on then I can only hope and pray that that sticks with them as they go through their teen years and and in general and because we often associate this kind of stuff, this self esteem stuff, with teenage, teenage girls, and you think I oh, can no, either grow out of that. Well, actually, you know what? I mean, there are lots of women in their sixties, seventies I come across in my professional life, who are still dealing with exactly the same stuff. It's just in a different scene and in a different season. Man, I thought it was bad enough carrying it for thirty years, but. I don't want to get to being a seven-year-old and still struggling looking in the mirror, still struggling mm. to think that you're good enough for your husband, or still struggling to think you're good enough for an opportunity, or that, yeah, that you have to be the best for someone to like you. That's ridiculous.
0: What would you say to a woman in that who finds himself in a position like that middle of the night in mm. bed, can't breathe? suddenly realizing
1: this is how bad it is yeah what would you say to her that's really that's really hard really hard you think i would know what to say wouldn't you um, well no <laughs> like honestly and and look i have had conversations um i've had, god's brought women to me um who have you know um brought their story and i'm able to go i hear you i know What you're going through um and i i think about what would i have listened to in that place Um, because your own voice is really strong and you don't hear a lot of other voices that might be telling you contrary things like i know in our early stages of our marriage i would be like i wouldn't think like matt doesn't do this matt doesn't say this like what was i miss i was looking for this particular word that he would say to me like you're beautiful, wouldn't hear it. But he was saying it in so many other different ways, but because he didn't say it in this particular way that I was yearning for, yeah. I should, you never say it. Like, that's not true. That's not true. Um, so, what would I say to women? <sighs> let go. Just let go. Um, and, and find out who you are. Because while all that stuff's going on in your head, you just, you're so confused about who you really are. Like you project one thing, you have this barrage of information about who you are from the inside, but yet what is the real you? And I think to do that, you actually have to let go of everything. Um, Let go of any sense that you have of yourself to then allow God to reveal who you are. Yeah.
0: That's powerful,
1: isn't it? Yeah. I should write that down. <laughs> <laughs> I can email it back to you when I'm editing. <laughs> no, I think yeah. I've never I haven't thought about that. Yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it do, it it involves a real stripping back, real stripping back because you I told you I was before I was um, working on a door when I was listening to one of the podcasts. I I love restoring furniture. Um, and I'll we took our back door off, we were renovating and we were going to use it as our front door, but um, it's not going to work. But we're going to use it as a door in the rest of our house. And it's this cool like 1950s door. And I'm stripping back 50 years, 60 years of paint on this door. And God's speaking to me like, this is what I've done to you. Like stripping back all these, because I love, I'm bringing it back to its natural timber and it's beautiful. It's raw and it's like, they had hideous colors on it like fashions in like, house trends. Yeah. Right. like yeah. yeah right great and it, um I'm a bit of a purist so I don't use chemicals on like chemicals paint strip and stuff I did it all by hand and and like muttering under my breath I was I'm like why do I do this to myself it's taking forever and I'm getting blistered and oh um it was like God was just revealing, like, this is what he's had to do with me because I'd put on all these layers um, of filters probably, we would say. But all these layers of who I was, thought I was, who I was projecting myself to be. And and, um, I've been in this very long journey of God taking those layers back and not chemically so they're all gone in one go. It's been just, he's been so gentle with me so gentle just layer by layer taking me back to how I was made originally like and how I think how I think originally like his thoughts for me not what people have put on me or what I more importantly what I've put on myself yeah that was a very powerful image wasn't it (laughs)
0: That was awesome. <laughs> I can see it as you're talking about yeah. it. it
1: yeah. It's very powerful. So in, so going back to your original question, like women in that place, it's about just, yeah, being willing to let go. And it's fear that make, keeps you holding on. It's fear. Who am I going to find if you take those layers back? Am I going to like the person that is there? Well, you know what? Yeah, you will because it's who God made you and you'll find some really beautiful, surprising things about yourself. What have you found out about yourself? Oh, don't ask with that. <laughs> that. I led into that myself, didn't I? Yeah, it that. Oh, very... You uh, took me right straight to there. <laughs> oh, oh, I've learned some hard things about myself. Yeah, yeah. And that's just shown me how good God is. Um, because it's not me. It's God in me, working despite, you know. Um, yeah, I've learned that. Things that I projected about myself, even though I didn't feel them, actually were true, but I've learnt them in a more pure sense. Um, I am fearless, um, despite having (laughs) a story of fear. Um, Yeah, incredible things. God showed me something really interesting, actually. Um, This probably has nothing to do with that question, but it's an interesting story. So when I was young, I have this amazing memory, um, driving with my parents, in this quite remote part of Tassie dirt road you know no one around and it's dusk and we came across this couple um a car on its roof over in this um like ditch thing um and they um were really badly injured and this woman um she she had massive head injury. I say massive, it probably wasn't. But to my little person self, it was massive. And she was bleeding and she looked hideous. And my dad pulls over and, and we put them in the car. And we just have a little sedan. So it's me and my brother in the back with my mum. So I sit on my mum's lap and this lady's next to us and the man's in the front. And all I remember is she was like almost zombie-like. Like, Of course, looking back, she was in shock. Um, but she was this almost lifeless woman and I learned mum and dad told me like oh you know when we talked about this story they were on their honeymoon and they'd had this car accident this was back before mobile phones like so no one would have been able to find them so um, we drove them back to the rangers station um, so that they could call for help Um, but I remember this woman she just looked like death like bleeding and she was not there and from that point on, I would get really anxious and fearful if our car broke down, which it did often. Or, you know, I have very, very vivid memories of being in different situations and I would lose it, um, as a little kid, mum said. Um, and she didn't make any connection to that. Um, and, you know, I was praying about this one day and God said to me, um, your parents are the Good Samaritans. I know I just lost it. Ashley cried because, for me, that was a really fearful moment. But God had never intended that for a fearful moment. I saw my parents in this most beautiful light. They could have just driven on. They could have. They could have. You know, I think about it as a parent. Would I have wanted to put these two ghastly looking figures in the car with my kids and freak them out? But no, without question, they pulled over. They took these people and took them to help. And, yeah, something that became a foothold for fear for me was actually something God intended to show me about my parents. But also he showed me he gave me a compa- – like, I didn't want to be a nurse. Um, I thought that was a ghastly job. Uh, but he had already put a compassion in me in that moment for people who were broken and, and physically need care – Yeah, he showed me that he'd put that in then. I thought I'd got fear out of that experience, but I got a beautiful understanding about my parents and who they are for real, even though they're not um, in relationship with God, but he still got that for them. And yeah, he'd placed a a compassion in me for my nursing. Um, Yeah, isn't that cool?
0: that's perception is so powerful right yeah and perspective yeah is so powerful yeah so
1: i encourage anyone to like those moments from your childhood that are significant and out to you go what was that about um yeah it's really cool Mm.
0: when when the fear and the insecurity rears its ugly head again yeah where do you go to oh that's straight to god oh my goodness what do you do what does that look like
1: oh it can look like different things. It depends where I am. Some of like, God, you just heard what's in my head. Like, take that away. Other times it's like, okay, where do I go with this, God? Or sometimes it's like out and out declaring in my bedroom really loud. Um, sometimes it's just shutting the door, having a good cry. Yeah, it's, it's numerous different things depending on what it is. Other times like, yeah, God, no, nah, thanks, God. <laughs> I've got that, I have to deal with that anymore.
0: Yeah. How has this experience shaped the way you parent
1: now? Oh, um, I look out for it in my kids. Um, this is going negatively. First, I see the way my insecurities and my um, expectations come out um, for the kids. So you know, when they're not doing their part, um, I there's this reaction in me that needs them to be doing something differently. Um, uh, and I have to be really careful of that. to um, so say God, that's not theirs. That's my that I'm acting now out of my insecurity as a parent. because um, I thought I was going to be a really natural, Parent, I love children. I know how to keep children alive, despite the story I said before. I do know I'm a very good nurse, (laughs) I enjoy children the same with me. Um, but yeah, I know how to keep kids alive uh, and look after them really well, and I know how to, um, you know, be friends with kids. I've always loved children, and then having my own children. I just imagined that I would be like the best play school presenter mum you've ever seen. I would just, I have those moments, break into song, we bang on the pots and pans and we draw on things and yeah, we have great times. Um, and then there are times when I'm not that great mum and it's hard and, um, and they say things to me that hurt. And yeah, and that feeds into my insecurity you're doing it wrong yeah but you're not a great mum. you're not the mum that you thought you were going to be that kind of stuff and around my parenting is probably the one area that I still struggle with that insecurity um probably because it's the most important to me um in my marriage it's different because Matt's aware of it and I can go to him now and just go sorry I'm really struggling today and he not he knows what I mean by that and I'm just really struggling with this right now and he knows um but with the kids they don't get that it's like um but kids are so forgiving and and so so even the positive like the way I deal with that is when I've had my moment and when I've yelled at them is then I need to come back to them in a place and go I'm really sorry I was wrong to speak to you the way that I did will you forgive me and that's um, and not take on the guilt not take on any guilt around that like I'm actually God's show me I'm actually teaching them how to do life because I'm not perfect and they're not perfect and I've got to be willing to show them my vulnerable side I've cried in front of them. lots of I've heard lots of people say like they don't cry in front of their kids and I'm like why sometimes I can't help it I'm like I wish I could Get to the bedroom before I burst into tears when they've said something, or they've just got on my nerves at that wrong point. Um, but then I come back to them and go, "I'm sorry, I was hurting. What you said hurt me. Um, but yeah, I forgive you. Will you forgive me? I'm not, I'm not always good at it. Trust me. But it's it's a learning. It all it all is learning. Yeah."
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you love favorite friends, make sure you share it with a friend and maybe even subscribe so that you know when our new episodes are out. You can find out more about us and our favorite magazine and everything else about favorite women at icchurch.com and I will see you next time. Bye.